This episode of Kid Lit These Days is sponsored by Read Harder 2021. Book Riot's annual reading challenge is back. Once again, Read Harder 2021 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books that you wouldn't have otherwise picked. Read romance by trans or non-binary authors, non-European books in translation, middle grade mysteries, and more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prizing for those who complete the challenge. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. And welcome to episode 48 of Kidlet These Days, a Book Riot podcast. At Kidlet These Days, we are your Kidlet connoisseurs, pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm Nicole Young, alongside my co-host for today, Jen Northington, and we are here to have conversations that create opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's literature to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We're recording on February 12th, 2021. And on today's episode, we're talking about inclusive fantasy stories. That's folklore, mythology, magical schooling, all of those with diverse authors and characters, especially in chapter books. But first, I want to hear how you're doing. Hi, Jen. Hi, Nicole. So fun <laughs> to be back on Kidlet. It's been a minute. I think I guested with Matthew last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do love, I don't read as much of it as I would like, but I do love kids' books. And so it is always a delight to get to come and chat with you about them, especially, I don't know if this is true for you you but um you know here in Philadelphia we have a lot of snow right now (laughs) and snow always makes me feel like a kid like I go back in my head to you know snow days as a kid and like running around and building snow forts and stuff so this just kind of goes with that nostalgia feeling for me Agreed. It, so I'm from Virginia Beach, but I'm also living in Philly and inundated with the snow yeah. right now. And this is I have seen more snow this winter than I probably have ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> here's a, here's an important question, Nicole. I so I recently discovered that some of my fellow Book Riot staff have never made a snowman. Have you ever made a snowman? Important question. Can, can I tell you the truth? No, I have not made a real snowman because okay, okay, help. When when I was living in Virginia Beach when I was a kid, we would get maybe six inches of. Yeah. Snow, and it just wasn't enough snow to make a legitimate snowman. So no. Well, no you have the opportunity now. There's like a foot <laughs> of snow out there. <laughs> there is. There is. Well, I hope that you do get a chance to make one at some point. Uh, Me too. I saw a very legit one on my block. Um, it had a, a real carrot nose. It had grape <gasps> eyes. I had never seen the grape eyes before, but it was grape eyes and a carrot nose. I felt like it was an impressive snowman. Oh, I love that. Mine are always real lopsided. I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> I just like making them. <laughs> so, yeah, I have no high standards when it comes to, to snow person creation. Um, (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm so glad that you joined us this. I mean, you've been here before, but so glad you're joining us this episode. I'm really excited to talk about we've got we wanted to talk about a couple of things today. So we've got a rainbow book list that we're going to chat about in a little bit. And then we're going to dive into this list of inclusive chapter books that are in the fantasy realm. Um, But I'm just so excited to have you, Jen. Yay. 
<laughs> All right, let's see. Should I do our first ad? Yes, please. Okay. So our first sponsor today is Learner Books. And this title, I mean, I think honestly could not be more timely. It is Unspeakable, The Tulsa Race Massacre by Carol Boston Weatherford and Floyd Cooper. Um, as you might know, uh, 2021 is the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, and it has... It was an incident that was kind of lost to history, but has received renewed attention recently. Um, And celebrated author Carol Boston Weatherford and illustrator Floyd Cooper are providing a powerful look at it. It was one of the worst incidents of racial violence in our nation's history. And this book traces the history of African-Americans in Tulsa's Greenwood District and chronicles the devastation that occurred in 1921 when a white mob attacked the black community. News of what happened was largely suppressed, and no official investigation occurred for 75 years. So this picture book sensitively introduces young readers to this tragedy and concludes with a call for a better future. Um, I'm so glad to see kids' books about this. It's a really difficult yeah. thing to talk about, and I'm sure this will be a welcome addition to a lot of bookshelves. Um, it's also got four stars from B- Booklist, called it a must-have, so that's nice. And it is an own voices title, Illustrator Floyd Cooper grew up in Tulsa. So again, that is Unspeakable, The Tulsa Race Massacre by Carol Boston Weatherford and Floyd Cooper. And that is from Learner Books. I saw that this book was coming out. Um, it's Black History Month, by the way. Yes. I feel like it's so funny. It's Black History Month and we're not doing a Black History Month episode. That <laughs> is my bad. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but um, it is Black History Month and we – you know, I saw it pop up on one of my like, you know, coming to lists. Um, and I just think it's so timely. It's so important. And to your point, it um, is a thing that, you know, a very small group of historians and black scholars, right, we're talking about yeah. for, for years. Um, but because of HBO, really, mm-hmm. strangely, right? So um, it was last year, it was Watchmen. And then also with Lovecraft Country, um, there was just this renewed focus on this thing that happened. Um, and it's so it's so good to see that this is represented in kids' literature because it's an important portion of our history, right? And a, not an isolated event at all, actually. Yeah. Um, an event that was repeated across the country and that kids should know about, um, mm-hmm. all kids. So I'm excited to see that this came out because it was released on February 1st, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So happy Black History Month. Yes. We, we, I was going to say we don't. It's not a specific episode, but we do have lots of great uh, Black author and Black character rep, I think, in our show today. We so do. We so do. that's we do. good. Um, and do you know what I found out? I didn't know this, but in the UK, February is LGBT History Month. I did not know that. So Right. So, I mean, I think in the U.S. here, it tends to be associated with Pride Month. Um but it is apparently LGBT History Month in February in the UK. And this was interesting in part. I don't think this is why this list came out just now. But uh, one thing that I did want to talk about uh, is the 2021 Rainbow Book List. So yes. this this is I this is actually the first year I had heard about this list. And the way I heard about it was we have a Slack where all of our uh, you know contributors and editors chat with each other and drop links and things. And I saw several of our librarian folks um, drop this list and talk about it. And it is apparently in its 14th year, so like 14th. a long running list, right? And uh, it's from the ALA, 
And it is an annotated bibliography of quality LGBTQIA plus literature intended for readers from birth to age 18. Um, and so, yeah, it's a resource for, you know, librarians, parents, educators, basically everyone to make sure that kids have really good books about these topics that are, you know, so important um, for all of us to know about and for so many kids to see themselves represented in. Is this something is this a list you had seen before, Nicole? We might have, Matthew and I might have referenced it on a previous, like we did a, a couple of Pride episodes, but I don't actually know, I don't know this this book list well, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So it was the uh, criteria for inclusion was that the titles had to be published in the U.S. and Canada between July 1st of 2019 and December 31st of 2020. Um, and the list is 129 titles. Oh, wow. It's huge, right? Like there's no way we'll call, cover all of it. Um, but they created two different top 10 lists. So the first top 10 list is for uh, titles for young readers, which which is, are the titles, of course, that we'll talk about on this show. Um, and then there's a second top 10 list for teen readers. So there's just a huge amount of great information and great book recommendations. Uh, you can check out the link in the show notes. Um, but I'm particularly excited to see board and picture books because I, yes. I have some nibblings in my life that I need, yes. <laughs> I need good books for. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, are there any that jump out to you? Any ones that you were like, ooh, I want to check this out for the kids? Yeah, I really, this was one that I was like, oh, this is so interesting. There's one called The Fighting Infantryman, the story of Albert DJ Cashier, transgender civil war soldier. And, you know, transgender folks have obviously been with us for all of human history, um, but it's not a thing I know a lot about, trans history. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this looks super interesting to me. And like, it's like a thing I want to know about, but also it's yeah. like the perfect uh, age group for my uh, niece who is um, turning six this year uh, and who just loves like she loves history stories. So I think that she'll be super interested in that one. I love it. I also see one of the books that we um, we might have highlighted this for our, our Pride episode, but My Maddie by Gail Pittman and Violet Tobacco, the illustrator. Um this one is just so great. I really love this this story. Um, so it's exciting to see that one on the list. Ooh. And to your point about historical, there's one about Harvey Milk. Mm -hmm. um, this is great. This is a <laughs> yeah. great list. Um, so yeah, I hope folks will just check it out. Um, and we will definitely reference it again when we get to a Pride episode in the future because this is these are such good titles. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely. I'm just going to go on a buying spree, I think. <laughs> I always, whenever Matthew and I are talking about books, if he gives me a new book, if we've got a new one coming on the show, I buy it for my nieces and nephews all of the time. Yes. Some of these, and including, so back to Black History Month, books that I'm buying for nieces and nephews over and over again right now, I am buying B.B. Alston's Amari and the Night Brothers. Um, it is a book that I am really excited about, and... Um, yeah, so I will add these to the list, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I actually there's okay. There's one more I wanted to shout out because I yes, forgot please. to you earlier. Um, but it's partly because the, the author is local to my area. So Case and Calendars, King and the Dragonflies is on this list too, and it's a book that has been on my TBR for a while now. Um, and I I just I like keeps I don't know why I haven't gotten to it yet. I've read some of Kaysen's other works, which are just like fantastic. Um. 
but yeah, this one I was excited to see getting more recognition. Uh, so yeah, always happy to see Case and Calendar's name pop up on a list like this. This has also been on my reading list because the cover is stunning it's on this beautiful. book. It's beautiful. like absolutely stunning. Yeah. And I every time it comes up on a list or every time it just pops up, I'm like, I need to read that. I need to read that. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited that this it was highlighted also. Um, and it's it's middle grades, right? It's yeah, a it's middle book. grade. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk about B.B. Austin. Yes, yes, let's talk about um, B.B. Austin. Because I have, so we, um, Amari and the Night Brothers came out in January. We have talked about it on this show. I read it. I gobbled it up. I loved it. And um, we have an interview with the author, B.B. Alston, who's incredible. Um, and it's his debut novel. And it has been, I, I've been following him on Twitter. So it's been on New York Times bestseller so far. He's also been on the indie bestseller list. Um, and he and I had a lovely conversation about, um, we both have some South Carolina ties. He's from South Carolina. I went to school in South Carolina. Um, and yeah, I think he is doing something really interesting, um, in the world of middle grade fantasy, specifically in the magical kind of schooling realm, but it also fits into folklore and all the other things that we're going to cover in our book talk today. So I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation, Jen. I can't wait. So um, here's my interview with B.B. Alston. B.B. Alston started writing in middle school, entertaining his classmates with horror stories, starring the whole class where not everyone survived. (laughs) After several years of trying to break into publishing, he had just been accepted into a biomedical graduate program when a chance entry into a Twitter pitch contest led to his signing with TBA. 20-plus book deals worldwide and even a film deal. Vivi lives in Lexington, South Carolina, um, a state that I love dearly. Um, Amari and the Knight Brothers is his debut middle-grade novel. And when not writing, he can be found eating too many sweets and exploring country roads to see where they lead. Vivi, thank you so much for joining us on Kid Lit These Days. Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy to be here and talk to you guys. <laughs> Um, I loved Amari and the Night Brothers. Well, first of all, I, I follow you on Twitter and I follow okay. you because you are in a constellation of black authors who are all getting their stuff released in the next, like in the past year or whatever. And so mm-hmm. whoever's following whoever, I, I follow them. But I had been following you and Amari and the Night Brothers had come up over and over again. And I was so excited about the um, ab- about the release. And I got an advanced copy. I listened to the audiobook, and it was incredible. And oh, all I could you. think... As I was reading it and watching Amari navigate the bureau is that Black children deserve to see themselves attending magical schools. So in your mind, how does Amari fit into the canon of magical schooling, um, fantasy books like Harry Potter and others? And how does it challenge that same canon of magical schooling books? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think I think magical schooling books are like such a, such well-established stories that, you know, they could probably be their own separate genre at this point. Um and that's probably some of the most popular books of all time. But, you know, as far um, as much as they've been done, I think Amari is an example of how important it is and also uh, how much there is to be gained from um, allowing in different perspectives. And so, I mean, for me, when I was a, a, a black kid, um, so much older now, <laughs> but, you know, I, I often felt like I didn't belong in my own imagination because, you know, whenever I read about these, you know, these magical and fantastic places, you know, there just wasn't anybody who looked like me there. And so I think um, I think it's just so important that kids see that anybody can be the hero of their own story, um, and even for kids for other ethnicities, you know, reading about black characters or or really just anyone that's different from you, you know, it kind of instills empathy and um, 
it can kind of dispel a lot of the stereotypes that you know society puts out there. And so I think you start to see that, you know, we're all a lot more alike than we are different. You know, we're all just human beings in the end. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When you said you're a a stranger in your own imagination, I resonate with that so much because I was such a fantasy reader as a kid. Mm -hmm. And even now when I read fantasy, that is definitely a black protagonist. I picked it up because it's a black protagonist. I have to Mm -hmm. like train my brain to see them as me or see them as people who look like me. I'm automatically make them, you know, like a redheaded you know, woman's heroine, and I have to like take it back and be like, actually, no, it's us this time. <laughs> you know, you have to convince that it's okay to be you too. You know, right? Yeah, um, yeah for sure. <laughs> so you chose a young black girl as your protagonist. Um, she is leading us through this incredible adventure, and as you said, it's a rarity in any genre, but in particular in fantasy and um, and sci-fi and all those. Um, can you tell me about your choices and considerations in centering Amari story, right? Um, which I imagine is slightly different from BB's story, right? So, like, what were it those is. choices? <laughs> well, you know, at the, it's funny because at the at the very beginning, I didn't like start. I didn't like specifically set out to write a black a young a young black girl. She just kind of um, popped into my head like a fully formed character. Uh, like she mm-hmm. almost like she'd almost always been there. You know, I, I had kind of started off just kind of creating the world. It was just something fun to do on my study breaks, and then she just kind of came to life in my head one day. And you know, I, I instantly knew like you know how she how she looked. You know what made her who she was, her background, her experiences, um, and a lot of that was based on you know some of the black women and the black girls in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of also the time, but also around the time that I got some writing advice. You know, all excited about Amari, like oh man, this is so great. But I got some writing advice that said, you know, you never sell, you know, you never sell a, a, fan, a kid's fantasy book with a mm-hmm. black character, and especially with a young black girl. You know, I, mean, I just I just wasn't done uh, when I started this story. And that's something I really struggled with for a few months um, because when I looked at the shelves, you know, he he had a point. There were, there, there wasn't anybody I could point to and say that's a character like my, like, like Amari. And so um, I struggled with that for a little while, and then ultimately I decided that you know to kind of stick to my guns because um, um, I found out that you know taking Amari out of the story kind of took the heart out of the story too. Mm-hmm. Um, because even more than like magic and supernatural, it's really just by young a young black girl just kind of learned to believe in herself and and learn learn to accept herself too. Um, and so, uh, I just kind of, at that point, I was just making the character as, as authentic as possible. And I was just kind of based off of, you know, kind of my own experiences that we share. And then also the, 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 the black women and the black girls in my life that, you know, mean so much to me. I love that. And they were completely wrong because I <laughs> alone have bought two coffees. So. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, all of my little goddaughters and nieces, they need this book. So I'm so grateful yeah. that you wrote it and ignored the voices. Um, of For the sure. <laughs> Um, so this book wrestles with a lot of heavy themes. So you talked a little bit about her discovering herself, but she's also wrestling with Amari's wrestling with some grief. She's wrestling with some anger, some racism, some classism. Um, What stood out to me, especially because she's a Black protagonist, were these themes Mm -hmm. around assimilation versus celebrating your identity, right? Like, it just kept Mm -hmm. coming back to these moments of, like, do I assimilate? Do I try to make them like me like this? Or do I stand out and, you know, and and just celebrate who I am as myself? And so she's Mm -hmm. wrestling with whether or not she's going to make herself more palatable to the people who are different from her and who's, I said, racism, magicianism, (laughs) (laughs) classism or the other isms are stopping them from seeing her as a whole person. So what are you hoping to inspire in the minds of Black children and even their parents as they're reading this book around this question of assimilation? 
I think that's another good question. You know, I think a lot of times there is a lot of real pressure, especially on you know blacks and minorities to assimilate, to kind of present that image of what society decides is acceptable. And, you know, oftentimes that just means uh, more like us and less like you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think, you know, and, and then when you deviate from that image, you kind of um, fall victim to stereotypes. Um, and you kind of find yourself in a situation where it's either, you know, you do what it takes to fit in or you or you stick to your guns and honor the things about yourself that make you different. And um, I think when Amari starts the story, she's kind of stuck in between those two realities. She, uh, you know, she's she's kind of unwilling to, to, to make the effort to fit in when she's at her private school. Mm-hmm. But then that's not so much out of pride. It's more of that she's kind of ashamed of who she who she is and where she's from at the beginning. You know, she's kind of bought into those negative stereotypes. You know, she she really does feel like she doesn't measure up to those other kids. And so, um, like I said before, the emotional arc of the story is just kind of finding that confidence to believe in herself and also value who she is and where she's from. Um, you know, over the course of the story, she she does like I said, she does start to put herself out there. But then it's at her it's on her own terms though, um, and I think that's what's important. Um, if you compare how she kind of describes her neighborhood, you know, when she in comparison to the affluent side, when she uh, when she was first at the beginning of the book, when she's kind of coming home that, from that first uh, principal's office, she's kind of comparing, you know, her, her her neighborhood to the really fancy neighborhood around the school, and then you kind of compare that to at the end of the story when she's kind of presenting, you know, her 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 view of her neighborhood to the to the bureau in that in that final tryout. And that's a complete 180. You know, she's she's you know she's proud of where she's from. She she really wants to show them the things about her that she was ashamed of before. Um, and I think that's something I hope young readers take away from the story that you know there's so much joy and strength um, just from presenting your authentic self to the world. And um, I think um, even and even even to keep doing it um, if the world isn't receptive to that because it's ultimately you know, how you value yourself that matters for sure. I love it. Um, and I mean, how how much truer is that in the creation? Like the story you just told us about how Amari came to be, right? Like you were trying mm-hmm. to tell this story and people are like, no, that's not going to sell and continued to persist. And now it exists. It lives in the world. Um, oh, people have so read cool. it. <laughs> that's, 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 that kind of blows me away sometimes to think people read something I wrote. That's just so crazy to me. <laughs> it's incredible. Congratulations. Um, your book is coming out at such a golden hour for Black fantasy. I mentioned the reason I even follow you on Twitter at the beginning is just because you were surrounded mm-hmm. by these other Black phenoms who are doing the middle grades and YA fantasy kind of reboot in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much in terms of black fantasy adventure and speculative fiction, um, and especially in the kids' literature and the YA space. So um, Amari is coming out alongside uh, YA books like Legendborn, which just won all these awards, The Gilded mm-hmm. Ones, A Songs of Wraith and Ruin, and then as well as middle grade books like Maya and the Rising Dark and Root Magic. Um, so I'm curious, what books or series are you hoping Amari is in conversation with, right? What what books are you hoping that kids will pick up alongside or because of Amari? I think I think you're so right. Like, you know, when I started writing, there really wasn't any other. Like, like I couldn't point to a single black fantasy story when I was like, I think that was maybe like five or six years ago. And now we have all these incredible series and, we got, and then we have even more to come. Like you see all the time, those announcements of, of more black stories and we get to, mm-hmm. you know, have have more different different adventures. I think that's so exciting. Um, you know, I hope that, um, I hope, I just hope that stories like Amari kind of convince, you know, the publishing world and, you know, all these successful stories that, you know, to keep investing in black stories and, and so that Kit Lit, you know, continues to become a more accurate representation of, you know, the, the actual world around us. Um, and I'd love it if, you know, if Amari let the, let 
kids to a, a book like Tristan Strong, the Tristan Strong series. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just such a well done series. Um, and even the even the ones you named, like Legendborn. I mean, that's just such an incredible book. It's um, so good. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? I mean, like I, I read that book and it just blew me away. And you know, what I mean, if you know, I mean, that's, that's for a little older audience. I mean, I, I love it if you know somebody read Amari and then you know, just, you know, kind of love love where she's from, you know, kind of her, her voice and then decided later on and say, you know, I'm going to try Legendborn too, you know, and then, I mean, that would, that would be, that would just make my whole life, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, any any of the books you name, I mean, and, and there's so many to still come that you can choose from. I mean, I just hope, I just hope that, you know, publishing continues to invest in Black stories and, um, and kids really get a chance to see themselves represented. I love that. Anything else we should know? Anything you're really excited about on the horizon of 2021? Um, especially well, in kids' do, literature. Well, we have I I I mentioned Kwame Mbalia. He wrote the Tristan Strong series. We do have a, a Black Boy Joy anthology coming up. I think it's in August. Now, I'm really Ooh. excited about it. A lot of authors that you probably know, like uh, uh, Jason Reynolds and um, uh, Justin Reynolds, and uh, a lot a lot of authors. You, you, uh, um, a lot of Black male authors and uh, those who identify as male. Um, uh, I think it's really going to be really exciting, really good. <laughs> is it all middle grades, or is it like a mix? What What is the um, age? Grade? I think it's I think it's all middle grade, but I'm not totally sure. I think it's all middle grade, though. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about that. So that's coming out in August. We should keep an eye out for it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, BB, for making time to talk to us on Kidlet these days. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. This episode is sponsored by If Not You, Then Who by David Pridham, Emberly Pridham, and illustrated by Hannah Luchtefeld. Um, let's help our children invent the future. Introducing If Not You, Then Who, a fun STEM-based children's series book series created to inspire the next generation of inventors and entrepreneurs. The three book series is fun to read for both adults and children and can be read on multiple levels. Younger children will relate to the main storyline, while older children will enjoy diving into the backstory of inventions. All children will be invited to imagine their own creations. David and Emberly Pridham are the co-authors of the all-new, if not you, children's book series. It looks great. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, fun. I love seeing book about inventions, especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going into our book talk segment. Um we're so excited to introduce Book Talk. This is where we dive in to all the books that we're excited about. And again, this week we're really focusing on um, diverse authors, diverse characters in the fantasy, mythology, folklore chapter book realm. So there's so many good chapter books. Amari fits into this this genre, but there's so, so many more. Um, and so Jen and I are just going to highlight a few for you. Um, if you have ideas, if there's any books that we have missed that you think are terrific chapter books in this fantasy, diverse fantasy realm, please uh, tweet us and use the hashtag KidLit these days. And um, you'll find all of these books in our show notes at bookriot.com slash listen. Um, and you can find this episode of uh, KidLit these days there. And you can also email us if you have suggestions or thoughts about not only this book list, but what you think we should include for future episodes. You can email us at KidLit these days at bookriot.com. All right, Jen, so start us off. What are we, what's our first book? Oh, it's a favorite. I'm so excited to recommend this book. (laughs) It's The Jumbies by Tracy Baptiste. I love this book 
for so many reasons. Um, I will, let's see, let me give some age ranges. This is for like younger uh, chapter book readers. Although I will say it gets a little scary. So like, you know, if you have a particularly sensitive kid, you might want to give a little glimpse at it. But if they have like read, you know, what am I thinking of? Like, uh, unfortunate events or Harry Potter or any of those things. This is, you know, definitely a moderate level of scary. <laughs> um, and this is the main character, Corinne, is a very fearless little girl. She's like, she, oh, and this is, I should say, this is uh, rooted in Caribbean folklore. Um, and takes place in the Caribbean. So Corinne is like, she's not afraid of scorpions. She's not afraid of the silly boys who are like teasing her. And she's definitely not afraid of jumbies because they're not real. They're just like things that parents say to frighten little kids. Like she's not afraid. She doesn't think they're real. And then one day she goes into a section of the forest that she is not supposed to. And there are these yellow eyes that follow her to the edge of the trees. And she's like, that's definitely not a jumbie, right? Um, <laughs> Um, and then the next day, a stranger comes up into town. Uh, her name is Severine, and she's very beautiful but very suspicious. And all of a sudden, she's, like, in Corinne's house, and she appears to be bewitching her father. And she's, like, Corinne discovers that she has this plan to basically take over the whole island. So she and her friends have to figure out how to defeat this, you know, Jumbie who she didn't even think that was a real thing. And it is so much fun, y'all. Like, oh my goodness, the little friend group that develops over the course of this adventure, they are so sweet. They're my little cinnamon roll babies. Like, I love them so much. Um, and they, they just, they have such different personalities and the, the way that they all, you know, get together and help to save the day is a delight. It's a delight. I love this. I have never read The Jumbies before and you have just given it such a glowing recommendation. I'm definitely checking it out. Yay! It's actually the first in a series, and it's so funny because, like, I love these so much, and I still haven't read the other two books in this series. There are two <laughs> more, um, but maybe y'all can, like, get a jump on me, and uh, you will be better at, at finishing your series than I am. But, yeah, I just devoured this book when it came to me a few years back, and I think it is just so much fun and so inclusive, so inclusive. I love it. Um, so mine, we have mentioned on this show before, it's Arusha and the End of Time, which is also a series, um, and it's by Roshani Chakshi. Um, and I love this book. I listened to it on audiobook and just blazed through it, all three books, in fact. Um, but we're following 12-year-old Arusha, who she is a little bit, she has a tendency to stretch the truth a little <laughs> bit um, <laughs> to fit in at school. Um, and so, you know, her friends are like setting off on all these vacations and she's going to be spending her break at home. And so she's waiting for her mom to return from an archaeological trip. And so she's making up all these stories. But then all of a sudden, right, this this cursed lamp um, becomes a part of her life. And then she's embroiled in the middle of this mythological fantasy. And I love it. It's just such a fast paced read. Um, so Arusha and the End of Time, book one. And then there's three, there's two other books in the series. And I highly recommend it. I love this series. Uh, I have read some of Chakshi's other books. I'm so glad you picked this one to talk about because I I have been, again, like I, there's my TBR is a mile long. Um, and this has definitely been on there. I've read her YA, which I really loved. Um, oh, what's her YA? Uh, so there's a couple, uh, honestly. She's got like two or three different YA series. Um, and the one I just read takes place in 
Paris during like the Belle Epoque, uh, the Gilded Wolves. That's what it's called. And it's like mm-hmm. a heisty kind of situation. It's really fun. Great. I love it. What's yeah. you got next? Uh, so my next pick is from the same imprint, actually, as Arusha. It's Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes. Uh, and this is the first in a series. We do love a good series. Um, and this one is also mythologically inspired. It's based on Mayan mythology. Um, and this is for like a little bit older. I want to say the main character is 12. So um on the upper end of middle reader. But uh, Zane, who is the main character, is such a delight to follow through this adventure. He lives in New Mexico with his mom, um, and he has a uh, physical disability. One of his legs is shorter than the other. And he uh, this does come up in the book. There is, you know, representations of bullying around ableism in the book. Um, but, like, you know, he mostly just likes to hang out with his dog and, like, doesn't really like to go to school because of the kids there. Then he meets this new girl at school who, like, suddenly knows some things about him, like, and also tells him that maybe he is, you know prophesied to release an evil god from a oh Mayan gosh. relic. Yeah, like, can you imagine like being sitting outside no. the principal's office and some girl like t- showing up and like telling you all this stuff? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about or who you are. Like, leave me alone. But of course, these things have a way of coming true. Um, and he has to go into this huge adventure. And it is, it is very, very fun. It's very, very um, sort of like slapsticky kind of humor in certain places, which I loved. Um, but Zane is also struggling, you know, with like some of these classic issues, um, especially around his feelings about uh, the way people respond to his disability. So there's some really good stuff in here, really fun mythology, really fun characters. Um, there are, I think, like some good Percy Jackson comps uh, in that, like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like oddball dad jokey humor. Like there's a little bit of that in here as well, which I really I'm always a fan of but yeah I, I just enjoyed this book so much Mayan mythology is is one of my favorite mythologies that I don't get to see represented often enough so I was delighted to see this series start um, so again that's the storm runner by JC Cervantes I love it and so you mentioned this is on the same imprint and we do a lot of love for Rick uh, Riordan presents Rick Riordan yes. presents um, and actually this one also the serpent secret um, which is by Sayantali Dasgupta, um, which is a part of a series, another series, um, <laughs> Kieran Mala and the Kingdom Beyond. We have talked about it on the show before. I just think it's a really fun and funny series. Um, she reads her own. I also, also listen to this one on audiobook. She, the author, Sayantani Dasgupta, reads her own stories, um, which is always like a pleasure when that happens on the audiobooks. And um, she just does such a great job. And it's also, to your point, you were t- talking about the last series that I was thinking about. There's these really slapstick moments in this series as well that I really love. So basically, Kiramala is 12. It's her birthday. It's Halloween. She always, her parents are always really weird on her birthday and like make her dress up in tradition, traditional like Indian garb and go to school. And she, I think she sneaks out of the house and doesn't wear it this year, but then comes back and her parents are disappeared. And she realizes that she actually is a, is a mythical princess and she's got to go save them. Um, Like you do. (laughs) (laughs) Like you do. So like this evil creature comes to the house. These two princes come to help her on her quest. um, And it's very slapsticky and very funny. um, And I very much enjoy this series. So I highly recommend 
Um, and again, the audiobooks are great, but of course, you can read the hardcover there as well. All right, let's see. So my next book is Bayou Magic by Jewel Parker Rhodes, who I love. I've read she's got adult books that I also adore. Um, this is technically the third book in a chapter book series, but I read it as a standalone, and I think it absolutely works. Um, it's a really interesting concept for a series, though. It's called the Louisiana Girls Trilogy, and it follows three girls from different moments in uh, American history, in specifically Louisiana. Um, each book takes place at a critical moment in Louisiana history. Um, and these are, I should say, uh, about, you know, black African-American girls. Um and Bayou Magic is about Maddie, who this takes place in contemporary times. Um, she is from a family where, you know, her grandmother has a reputation for being kind of intimidating. Her older sister is teasing <laughs> Maddie that, like, she's a witch. And Maddie's like, oh, I don't, I don't. But she has to, it's her turn to go spend the summer with her grandmother in the bayou, um, which she's, like, not jazzed about. Uh, but she gets there and she starts to have a good time. And then she thinks she sees a mermaid in the bayou. And then there is a disastrous oil leak um, out in the bay that's, like, affecting, you know, all of the creatures, including probably the mermaid, and is going to hurt uh, some of her friends, potentially. Um, and there are there's some there's some hard moments in this book, I will say. Um, one of her friends is from a household that is dealing with alcoholism, and uh, there is some, like, you know, hard moments like around the the oil spill but it's a really great read if you're looking to introduce like environmental issues but in a very kid-friendly way um and you know the touch of magic is certainly a welcome addition to that and maddie is such a great character she's so skeptical of everything when she starts out and the process of watching her like open herself up to the magic around her is really fun so i just yeah i thought this book was a gem again that's bayou magic by jewel parker rhodes so we have mentioned Bayou Magic because I was really excited about it because it's come. It hasn't been released yet for 2020, right? Or it's coming out soon. Oh is no, right? this is an older book. Uh, okay. Yeah, it came out in 2015. They might be repackaging it though. Okay. Um, let me think of what's okay. Okay. Um, it's a different book actually oh, okay. that I'm thinking about. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so that's exciting. Thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. one. Um, and we talked about this one before, The Dragon Egg Princess by Ellen O. Um, I love Ellen O. I love her work. And The Dragon Egg, Egg Princess, um, both Matthew and I love this book, but I think it just fits really nicely into this chapter book mythology piece. The Dragon Egg Princess, um, it just transports us and the main character into a magical new world. And um, the the dragon egg has been um, has to be preserved, and there's a forest that's being te- torn down. And at the center of the forest, there's the dragon egg that must be saved, et cetera, et cetera. It's so good. Um, I love this book, and I think it's just really good for early readers. So Matthew, when we did this before, had a flag about it being a little scary. I didn't find it that scary. I didn't think it was too scary. Um, But there might be some littles who think that it is. So just as a flag, um, but it's a great book. It's a really good book. 
I love Eleanor's books so much. She's terrific. She is. Um, she is terrific. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet, so I will have to get that on my TBR. Uh, so, okay, so I'm cheating a little bit here, I confess, because this next one is technically a YA, but the content, I think, aside <laughs> aside from some violence, I think is perfectly appropriate for kids who have, again, read, like, the Percy Jackson series as a, for example. Like, it is, it's, I think it's perfectly appropriate for that age group. Um, and I just love it so much, and it's got, it's sort of unique in that um, it is inspired by Hmong shamanism, which I haven't yes. I haven't read any others for kids especially like this. So I wanted to shout it out. Uh, it's Forest of Souls by Lori M. Lee. And it is like a best friend sort of found sister story. The main character, Sersha, is at this sort of military academy. Uh, she's training to be a spy. She does not fit in well. People are not particularly nice to her. There's this one, like, jerky kid in particular who's always trying to get her in trouble. Um, and she and her best friend, Sango, uh, are just kind of, like, doing their thing, trying to make it through training. Sersha is determined to become a spy, which is super fun. Um, and then, this is where, like, the violence comes in, there is an attack, this kind Country that she's in is sort of has very tentative uh, relationships with the surrounding areas, and there is an attack, and her best friend is killed. But Sersha turns out to have the power to restore people to life, and she finds oh, wow. this out by accidentally bringing Sango back to life. And so now she has to figure out like who she is, why does she have this power? Um, and which means, of course, she has to go to scary places to find answers. Um, but Sango and Sersha go together and like they have so much to work through in terms of finding themselves just in way over their heads and this big political shenanigans. But their relationship is the heartbeat of this book. And it's so beautifully done. And yeah, I just I loved it so much. Um, it is the first in a series. It's a new series. So, you know, we uh, the second book is not, in fact, out yet. So we all have to wait a little bit. Um, but I really loved this book. And I think especially for, you know, kids in like the 10 to 12 who are reading ahead of their years, they would love this. So, again, it's Forest of Souls by Lori M. Lee. Nice. You had another one on here uh, that I think like before the show that got taken off. But I was excited to hear you talk about this one. Um Black Blood? Oh, yeah. So I was I kept shuffling my uh, <laughs> my picks. I was just like, because I couldn't decide, you know, this is this is what happens to me before. I'm also on the Get Booked podcast and I'll be like changing my picks up to the last minute. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. No, I want to talk about that. No, wait, what if I want to talk about this one? Um, but I do. OK, fine. We'll talk about it. Since you asked, I'm delighted. <laughs> I hadn't heard about this one, but it's coming out later on in this yeah, later I, on in the year. Right? It's, it's on my TBR. Yes, I have not gotten gotten my hands on a galley yet, although I hope to soon. It is Black Blood by Fu Vuong, and it's illustrated by Isa Enriquez. And this is a graphic novel, and let me tell yes. you what sold me on it. It was, they, they're comping it to both Nimona and Amulet, which are two amazing kids' graphic novels, uh, or, well, Amulet is a series um, that I just love. And this is also about magic. It is about, um, a Apparently magic like mysteriously appears in this kingdom 
And as it starts out, you know, the mages are servants to the king, but then this group of evil mages called Blackbloods went rogue. And now, you know, everybody has to like hide from them. And we have two mage siblings who are trying to figure out like, ooh, they're in over their heads. I love it when a kid is in over their heads. I mean, that's just like, <laughs> that's always the plot, right? But, yes. but there are bandits and there's, you know, magic and all kinds of fun plot points. And I just could not be more interested in this book, quite frankly. Um, and I love I love a graphic novel. I don't know about you, but like graphic novels are so much fun. I do too. And the thing is, I the great thing about this is that you, usually we try to balance and have a, at least a few graphic novels mm. represented. So I love that you added one because we didn't have any before. So this is great. And that's coming out in October. And what's the name again? It is Black Blood by Fu Vuong, uh, illustrated by Issa Enriquez. Yay. Do you have any other ones you want to share, Jen? I mean, so we have talked about several books from the Rick Riordan Presents line, which I just, I like, I'm going to pop a link to it in the show notes. I'm sure it's gotten talked about on Kidlet before, but this, mm-hmm. this is just the gift that keeps on giving this imprint. Um, it's and so good. It's, and they just, it's like, you know, they just have diverse authorship, right? Diverse yeah. storytelling, diverse, like if we're talking about mythology, diverse mythology, um, I love it. Yeah. And and like I was saying with Roshni Chokshi, there are authors who I've read their adult or YA work who are on here, who I have been meaning to read their middle grade as well. Another one of them who I would love to shout out is Taylor K. Mejia, um, whose YA series, uh, We Set the Dark on Fire, I believe is the first one, is just... Oh, I loved it so much. So good. Um, and, and she's got a series here, too. Uh, Paula Santiago and the River of Tears is the first mm-hmm. one. And I just like, again, I, I cannot wait to get around to it. <laughs> I love it. And then did you have another one you wanted to give or are we all wrapped up? I think that's it. I think that's I'll, I'll stop there. I mean, you know, I could just <laughs> go on and on and on, but I will restrain myself. I love these titles. I love there's so many new ones on here that I don't know. I have not read. Oh, you know what? When I was thinking about Bayou Magic, when I was miss, mm. I was thinking about Root Magic that came out this year. Oh. Um, so we had talked about Root Magic um, on a previous episode, but it is. Yeah, it's by Eden Royce. Um, and it is one of the ones I'm most excited about. So when you were talking about Bayou Magic, um, because I think it also takes place. Oh, no, it's Gullah. It takes place in South Carolina, oh. not in, um, in, in Louisiana. Oh, nice. Um, but a similar kind of like root bayou feel. Yeah. Right? So both of, them are, both of them are in the bayou. Um, so that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about that. But no, Well, now I'm going to have to look that up and get excited about that. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited about the, this book. It came out in January, and I still haven't read it yet. It was like Amari and this were on my, on my list, mm-hmm. and I need, to, I need to check that one out. So Nice. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for joining today. Um, so yeah, if you want to kick us off on more book recommendations. Yes, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, and if you, our listeners, are looking for more book recommendations, you can always visit bookriot.com. Uh, lots of good stuff there. We have a whole children's section of posts that will, you know, surprise and delight you, hopefully. <laughs> um, if you want more podcasts to listen to, you can also check out bookriot.com slash listen. We've got a whole bunch. 
Thank you all for joining us today. It's a new show. We miss Matthew, but we are excited to move forward with a bevy of new co-hosts. And as always, we would love your feedback on this podcast, and we always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. So when you do that, you also help other people find us. You can find me, Nicole Young, on Twitter at IttyBittyNY. You can find me, Jen Northington, on Instagram mostly these days at IamJenIRL. That's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L. Thank you to DR Baker for sound editing on this episode. They are a gem. If you have a story idea, reach out to us on social media using, using hashtag KidLitTheseDays. Or again, email us at KidLitTheseDays at BookRiot.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking about, what you would like to hear on the show, any books that we missed, any books you're loving, let us know. Um, may your coming days be storied, and may the good stories keep on coming. Keep on coming.